everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Captain's Challenge podcast. This is Kim Williams, or Kimbo, as everyone's called me, probably since the day I was born. And my co-host, my very good friend, all the way over in Western Australia, on the other side of the world from me, is uh, James Sully Sullivan. G'day, Sully. How are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. Kim, how are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good over here in the northern parts of England. And uh, great to have you on board again, mate, and renew our partnership. Uh, it's been a while, but, um, yeah, hopefully we, we can do a great job with this podcast and uh, get a, a lot of people listening in from week to week. So um, I guess introductions first, Sully. we got to give the listeners a little bit of background um, for each other. So we'll hand over to you just starting, I guess, first of all, if you, you're a Leighton boy in the Riverina area of New South Wales. Yeah, I am a Leighton boy, mate, and um, still, heart's still there, pretty heavy. Mum's still there, so... Yeah, the old group 20, as they say. So, um, yeah, played a bit of footy there, of course. So I went to boarding school in Barrow, actually, and was a un- played a fair bit of union. And then yeah. lucky enough to make the country schools union side and then played for the Barrow Blues for um, about five games and snapped my knee. So that was um, when I was 18 years old, the old the knee first went. But then, yeah, came back and played a bit of union and Leeton and played a bit of league at Yankawa Moon in group 20 out. Yep. Started a lot of coaching then, obviously, when you're injured. A fair bit of coaching and then um, went to England and played cricket in the 90s, 92 to 99 down in Kent. So yes. that was good times, mate. And got married in 2000 and we, we moved to WA in 2001. So I've been in Western Australia since then and, yeah, pretty heavily involved with rugby league over here through originally from the Parramatta Reels. I was a talent scout through a good friend yeah. of ours, Rod Reddy. Rocket, yes. And then... Yeah. um. Since then, mate, just sort of, um, yeah, done whatever's had to do, just spread the game and the name of Rugby League. Yeah, well, they do call you Mr Rugby League in WA, mate. You've got uh, your finger in a lot of pies and you, you put back into the game in a, a lot of ways over there. One, one of those is that you're the president of the um, Men of League Corporation or, or foundation over in uh, WA and you were also named the NRL, the National Volunteer of the year back in 2012, that was, from memory. Yeah, that's right, mate. You're nothing wrong with your memory. <laughs> uh, yeah, 2012, she was a lovely 10 days. The NRL looked after me and, yeah, culminating, bringing the trophy down in the helicopter before the, the game. So, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, pretty mad. <laughs> I believe that was the, the last time they ever did that in the helicopter, Sally. So the question has to be asked, what did you get up to? Why did you ruin it well, for everyone else? Well, mate, as part of this show will be, um, what goes on tour stays on tour. So <laughs> yes. it, I was only in the in the helicopter for an hour, but that'll do. <laughs> yeah, that was enough. <laughs> but it's not all about me, mate. What what about yourself? Obviously, you're a South Coast boy of New South Wales originally. Yeah, from a little beachside suburb called Gorilla and played for the Gorilla Gorillas in all my junior career. And I think that's one of the great club names, Gorilla uh, Gorillas. Yeah. Uh, and then moved to the neighbouring club, the Shell Harbour Sharks, and played the majority of my senior footy there. Um, did a bit of travel with the game as a player, had a season over in England, had a, a year on the Gold Coast. But uh, really the, the career side or the, the working side of uh, my rugby league career started with I, I saw an opportunity in Adelaide during the Super League or the Adelaide Rams days and got a job in development over there for three years. Then moved over to Perth, where I met you and 
I was development manager over there for seven years and always kept my hand in, in coaching. I'd captain coach for a while, but over in Perth, I, I hung up the boots and um, and coached the Rockingham Sharks for four years. And then I guess my sort of big break in, in rugby league came when I got a call from Greg Brentnell at the great GB and moved over to the Melbourne Storm and had four fantastic years there uh, as their head of academy and looked after their junior pathways. But the biggest you know, or the most exciting part of the job there was I was their inaugural under-18s SG ball coach and uh, you know, quite a few of those players had kicked off on to have a great career. So, uh, you know, really got a passion for coaching there and wanted to try my hand, I guess, at, at full-time coaching and got a gig with the Mackay Cutters in the Intrust Super Cup in Queensland. That was 2013. Um, and we won the comp, my, my first attempt at that level. So that was that was pretty awesome, probably the, the greatest moment in my life, winning that grand final. And, um, mm. Ended up three years there and then three years at the, the CQ Capras before venturing over to Wales last year. Had a year with the West Wales Raiders in the League One competition over here in the UK. And about four months ago, um, took up a, a new position with the Huddersfield Giants as their head of academy and uh, four months into that job now. And absolutely love it. You know, enjoy getting back to coaching that 18 years age group and hopefully, you know, some, some good times ahead here as well. Yeah, and obviously... As the show goes on, Kimbo, the, the difference between the 18-year-old English kids and the 18-year-old, obviously, Australian and, and New Zealand, this will be a, a great chat to have one day, I think. Yeah, definitely, mate. I'm um, pretty passionate about those development age groups wherever it is in the world and, uh, you know, developing the game in general and um, always very keen to talk about that sort of stuff. I could talk for hours. So, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably an episode all on its own. But um, getting into our show, you know, we we really don't want to get bogged down the coronavirus um, stuff uh, in our first show. It's fair to say what we what we might talk about today is probably out of date tomorrow. Things are happening so quickly mm. on both the medical front, but more relevant more relevant to the the NRL and the Super League. Just things are changing every day, so we'll leave that discussion. To a later date, but um, and needless to say, we'd love to see both competitions or all levels of rugby league, for that matter, back on the field sometime soon and get some sort of a, a um, rugby league season in in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, it's it's amazing every time you turn on the TV or grab a little bit of social media, something that you know, as you say, the tide's changing all the time. So, yep. and everyone's got a different opinion. So. They're smarter men than us, mate. They can talk about yep. that. But um, we're here to sort of, as you say, this week, you know, we just say hello and then the next couple of weeks we open it up to to, to all our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Part of the point of this show is not just to focus on the NRL or the, the Super League, the top tiers of the game. We, we want to talk about the, the local leagues, want to interview, you know, local legends here, hear the urban myths involved with the game and uh, – Tell a few jokes and get a little bit of a light-hearted look at the game along the way. So uh, that, that's going to be more and more a focus over the weeks to come. But today, though, we, we've uh, advertised or promoted this first episode as the goat and the gun. So we've got two interviews to get into, and we'll get into the first one in a minute. And it's going to be with the gun. We, 
we had the opportunity to talk to one of the young up-and-coming stars of the game, a player who had a breakout season last year with the Canberra Raiders, uh, established himself as one of the best fullbacks in the game. And, you know, we're both pretty, we're very impressed with the way he handled himself in the interview and uh, knowing the guy personally, you know, I, I know what a uh, high-quality young man he is. So um, you might introduce him. It's Chance Nickel Clockstat. And, uh, yeah, Sully, your, your thoughts on the interview and Chance himself? Well, I think everybody's going to enjoy it and, and learn a little bit more about the kid. And to me, uh, I listened the other day. I was reading something on Facebook. It was on Twitter, actually, and they included young Chance in it. And the yep. scenario was he wasn't named. Someone hadn't named him in the top five fullbacks from last year. Okay. And it came. I said, well, where's Chance? Anyway, the kids come on and said, no, no, don't include me in that. I'm nowhere near there yet. And he yeah. explained there was a – someone said, well, Cameron Munster's there. He said, well, you watch Cameron Munster off the ball. He, he works with his halves very, very, very well, and I'm still learning how yep. to do that. So yep. that was a little bit of an insight into the kid, I thought. Yeah, very humble young man. And uh, we will, we'll um, go straight over to the interview now. It was uh, recorded a couple of days ago. And uh, when we return, we'll have a little bit of a, a chat about him and then get into our second interview as well. Okay, we'll go over to Chance now. Welcome aboard, Chance. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, thank you for uh, having me on here, and yeah, no, I'm going great. Thank you. Excellent, mate. Well, We're all, all a bit um, in uh, strange times at the moment. Sully's over in Perth in, in lockdown. I'm here in the northern parts of England in lockdown. Now, how's it going in Canberra then? Yeah, we're we're sort of, um, I guess you'd call it half lockdown. They sort of uh, lockdown um, most of the things here in Canberra, the playgrounds, the skate parks, a few shops, um, without officially locking it down. But yeah, so far so good. We just hopefully it all blows over soon and we can get back to normal. Yeah, you've got a young family, mate. So I guess you can certainly find some positives there. We're getting some quality time within the rugby league season. Uh, you know, take you away from family for large parts of the week. So. A little bit of a silver lining there. You're enjoying that part. I know you are a real family man. Yeah, no, I am. You know, um, you know, second day into into I guess the uh, suspension of the season, I just said to my partner, man, you know, whenever we have had back to back days, um, spending that together, you know, with our kids and that. So, um, you know, I've really looked at that positive, and um, you know, I'm really um, enjoying it. Yeah, excellent, mate. It's a life balance, really important thing. We um, I'll quickly go through your career and just briefly talk about your background. You you moved out to Australia when you were fourteen, from memory, is that right? Uh, fifteen, fifteen, just turned fifteen. Yep. Yep. That's when I first met you in Melbourne. But you, you played junior footy in in Auckland. What were your clubs there? Uh, yeah, so I played for um a few clubs, um, Mount Albert, Richmond, Wider Matter. My first junior club was uh, City Newton and. Um, yeah, that was all before I moved over to Melbourne. Yeah, you've um, linked up with the Altona Roosters in Melbourne. That's where I first met you. We got you into the Storm program not too long after that. You came through the big um, schoolboys state system initially under 15s. Um, it's an interesting little side point. You, you were in the halves at Altona and in our junior rep teams with uh, Jermaine or Noah Brown, who you played against in your your last game before our, our forced break here and uh, 
going there a fullback and he's a, he's a ball playing front rower. But uh, yeah. our Tony Roosters, how, how did you enjoy the experience there, mate? I know you've got some good friends still in that part of the world. Yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's it was a good experience for myself. It's pretty funny. Um, me and Jermaine were actually house partners in the Alterna Roosters team, so it's it's funny that um, you know, we were sort of both come through the grades and gone our separate ways, and um, yeah, very very grateful for I guess the path that that uh, opened up for myself, and um, you know, moving forward onto bigger things. Yeah, definitely. The, um you played 18 SG ball at the Storm in the halves mainly uh, from memory and then on to the 20s there and uh, that's when you got some time at, at fullback. Um, you, uh, Anthony Seabold, uh, coached you in that system from memory as well. So um, uh, what's your memories of that time, mate, and then the, the tough decision to move over to the Warriors from there? Well, I'm glad you asked because... Um <laughs> there's, a, there's a memory that, that always comes up to me when I see these shoes and it's um, it was my first introduction to, uh, I guess, semi-professional footy. What well, rocked up uh, to Gosh's, um, Gosh's paddock, went to go do the tan track and we had a meeting there and, um, yeah, Kimmy gave me a mighty spray for uh, what you used to call karate <laughs> shoes. What are you doing with them karate shoes? So, um, yeah, that was that's, that's a, every time we go past the tan track in Melbourne, I just have a, a little giggle to myself. And, um, yeah, what are you doing with those karate shoes? Uh, now, 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 Chance, um, Chance, what are karate shoes? I must ask oh, you. They're just uh, slip ons, just slip ons, no shoelaces. I learned my lesson straight away. Um, <laughs> one of the boys had spare shoes there, but yeah, um, you know, um, you know, I was really, really happy that, um, you know, Kim, you gave me an opportunity there to, um, you know, get a, a taste of, you know, semi-professional footy and um, I guess what, what the game was about. I, I didn't know the detail that, that went into the game um, until I was introduced to SG Ball. And, um, you know, I, I guess being in the Melbourne system with, with you guys there, it created a, a lot of good foundations, um, you know, hard work, uh, discipline, um, you know, having to make sacrifices, all those, all those little things. Um, I picked up, um, you know, coming through issue ball, and um, I can honestly say that uh, uh, laid a really good platform for me um, moving into twenties. Mm. Um, you know, I had to wait behind uh, Cam Munster. They they got him there my my first year twenties, and um, it wasn't until he moved into the halves and. Uh, Tremaine Jensen got injured at fullback where I got my first crack there and um, yeah I, I played I guess maybe 20 games of fullback my first year second year I um, uh, Latrell Robinson was was playing fullback and we had no centers so um, you know I trained preseason there at, at center and um, towards the back end moved back into the fullback and uh, the very last game against the Broncos played uh, halfback so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty funny, I guess, transition in terms of uh, the positions. But uh, I guess it sort of set me up for, um, you know, the position I'm playing today in fullback. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you score four tries in that last game? Is that – do I remember that correctly? Um, I think it was five five tries. <laughs> <laughs> Selling you short there. Sorry, mate. Something, something like that. It was, um, yeah, that was just, you know, sort of like the winner's tries where they just pass it to you and you, you score it. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Great, great stuff. So you then um, moved over to New Zealand and 
Um, he broke in the first grade. He had a, a handful of gains on the wing, of course, the, the great Roger Tuivasa Sheckett fullback there. And um, we'll talk about him in a second. But in his second year there, he didn't play first grade, but he had a fantastic season in the um, in the New South Wales Cup and ended up in the team of the year. Got the, the Warriors uh, Reserve Grade Player of the Year, and uh, you know that's it's a point where you've then played every position in the back line and I, I think um yeah that's a great grounding for for your now position of fullback because it is now a position that sort of combines all the skill set of every position in the back line to real key position in the modern game so you know your ball playing skills in the halves your, your running skills as an outside back your kick returns as as a winger and they, they're all you know combined to make the what needs to be a part of the fullback's whole makeup. So um, it's probably held in good set in the long run for where you are now. Yeah, it has. You know, um, I guess the opportunity to come home, um, you know, come up and, you know, I moved over to Melbourne pretty young. So to go home and uh, still, I guess, chase the dream was was a, a pretty good opportunity for, for myself. So I went back home, um, you know, did, uh, train as hard as I could, learn, learn my craft. Um, do as you do during preseason. Um, twenty sixteen come around, played the whole year of um, cup, and was lucky enough to to uh, get in the team of the year as, as a centre and um, got player of the year that year. Uh, moved into twenty seventeen, started at the back for for reserve grade, and um, I was lucky enough to get my start on on the wing uh, round nine against the Roosters. Played seven games there, and um, you know thought, you know, here we go. I could you know really make a an opportunity of this make make my uh, dream, you know, reality. And you know, twenty eighteen, that was um, yeah, it wasn't the case. I, I didn't play any any games. Um, pretty much played wing and and um, in uh, reserve grade. And um, yeah, got told that if there's an opportunity that arises somewhere else, that I should take it. And uh, you know, you hit it on the head there in terms of the positions that I covered while I was at the Warriors. Um, you know, really set me up for, um, you know, this is going a bit further now, but uh, my Kiwis debut, I, I debuted at, at Sensor mm. and um, was all those skills that I'd learned, um, you know, coming up through the grades that I, I guess got me that opportunity as well. Chance, February 8, 2019. Sorry, Kimbo, but obviously the opportunity, as you said it, you were sourcing that opportunity to go to another club. You get a call from the Canberra Raiders. Obviously, they probably approach you earlier than that, but the opportunity you released on February 8th last year and off you go to the nation's capital. Yeah, I, um, you know, um, as soon as they, they sort of told us or told me and my management that we could go somewhere else, um, you know, that, that was about June, June 2018. So from then to February, we were just, you know, searching, um, you know, looking for, for clubs. I was, I was telling my manager, man, tell them I'll, I'll take a pay card. Just, you know, I just want an opportunity. I'll go anywhere. Um, just give me an opportunity. I'll, I'll do development, whatever whatever they need. I'll, I'll fill that space. Um, you know, no opportunities came. We even asked the Camberators because Andrew McFadden moved there and uh, uh, we got on quite well. And, um, yeah, he, he just said, mate, there's, there's nothing here. And I said, no, nah, that's all right. Got into the new year, waiting back for waiting to hear back from some clubs. Um, you know, got, got the no. And, you know, I just said to my partner, I just said, man, um, you know, it's, it's becoming quite frustrating. Let's just, you know, I'll train as hard as I can. 
um, let's save as much money as we can and we'll, we'll just address, um, you know, the end of the year when it comes. Um, and literally a couple of days later, man, we're on our way to, to camp um, down the line and um, Andrew McFadden gives me a call. I missed it because I'm in the bus and I called him back in the hotel and he goes, mate, I've got a, there's a pretty good opportunity here if, if you want it. Um, nothing's guaranteed, but, um, you know, if we can get the ball rolling, um, you know, we can get this happening very quickly. We've got a trial game next week, so we need you ASAP. I said, sweet. Um, you know, called, called my manager. He got on to it. They were to and fro for the rest of the week. This was a Tuesday. On the Friday, he called me again. Mate, we need you to, um, you know, come over here ASAP. There's a good opportunity for you here. I said, sweet. Um, you know, same thing with my manager. They went to and fro. And pretty much Monday afternoon, I, um, after training, I'd been told by uh, the Warriors that they had agreed to terms with my manager. and. Um, you know, thanks for your services, and um, <laughs> yeah, waited till waited till Thursday because my manager was out of town, signed the contract, and then um, the very next morning I was off to Canberra. It's a great story, isn't it, Kim? It's um, yeah, it's a it's a story about opportunities, and let's move forward probably now. Mate, well, last season before Kim's got another question for you, but twenty six games, mate, in the Canberra Raiders first grade last year, eleven tries. And it was a season that you just you got that opportunity, didn't you? And you did not let go of it. Yeah, no, nah, that's right. Um, you know, I got a taste of it in 2017, and um, you know, during that time, I, I didn't think I was complacent or took it for granted. Um, but I look back now, and you know, there was a few things that I probably did take for granted. I thought it was just going to happen the next year that you know, me training hard was just you know going to reward itself, I guess. But. Um, you know, now I've got another another opportunity to um, make my dreams a reality, and um, you know I'm, I'm grasping at it as hard as I can and making sure that uh, I don't lose it again. Mm. Mate, it was an awesome season and culminating in the in the grand final. How how was that running out on the field that day? And uh, <laughs> you know, that was reward for all, all your hard work. But um, yeah, I, I just can't really imagine to be honest how how that must have felt. Can you? Can you put it in words at all? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, oh, we had pretty big games, um, you know, leading up to, to some pretty big games later on in the year. Um, you know, we had Manly at home, Roosters at home, and, they, you know, all these games are top four games. So uh, I guess I got a, a little bit used to what the pressure would, would may potentially feel like. Yeah. Um, so the whole week leading up, I was I was fine. You know, I'm just training. I'm just, you know, soaking it up, enjoying the, I guess, the atmosphere that the media was creating. And um, but at the same time, knew that the game wasn't until you know the end of the week. So I didn't want to, um, you know, pump myself up too much. And you know, it wasn't until literally I was fine. Warm up was fine. It was until I put on my jersey that I just had this flood of emotion. <laughs> I felt like. Um, I don't know, just I, I was really proud of myself. Um, you know, I had to sort of hold back tears because uh, my family were there from New Zealand, um, from Brisbane, all over Melbourne, all, everywhere they all come to watch. And um, <laughs> I was just really proud of, of, you know, I guess the journey that I'd been on to get to where I was. And, um, man, it's, I, I just tell all my friends, um, you know, if there's one thing that I hope you imagine it's or get to – um, experience it's a grand final it's it's probably the best it is the best feeling I've had in rugby league and yeah. um, obviously the, the result didn't go away but um, everything about it I was it excites me and I'm, I want to 
you know, another crack at it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, mate, it wasn't just yourself you made proud. A lot of people, no doubt, um, including myself, that, uh, you know, been a, little, uh, a small part of your journey and it was just awesome to, to see that happening. Right? Well, well deserved. Um just talk briefly now just about the fullback position, how um, it has become pretty well the key position on the field these days. Um, as we spoke about, it's a large skill set required to be a, a top-line fullback in the modern game. And, uh, you know, you look at the best teams in the comp and, and it's not a coincidence that they've got, you know, very high-quality fullbacks um, as part of their team. The obvious ones, you know, Tedesco, Ilvasa Shek, uh, Tommy Turbo, obviously Billy Slade have revolutionised things to an extent. And, um, you know, you've been talked about uh, in the same breath there as those guys, Caelan Ponga. Um, like the, in, a, in a game, um, you know, everyone has their GPS on these days. How, how many kilometres would you average uh, in a game? Um, so we're, we're checking our kilometers, um, after each game just to see how far we got in, um, for myself and, you know, an OB, it's, it's about just over nine Ks, nine, nine Ks per game. Yeah. And I, I'd imagine yeah. a, fair, a fair percentage of that, are, uh, high intensity efforts, top speed efforts. It's not just, uh, jogging around, you know, at, at half pace. So, um, do you get a, a figure on that as, as well? Yeah, it's um, it, uh, oh, can't off off the top of my head, but I guess it's more um, you know, if you if you're sprinting to try to catch the ball on the full when you're defending your line, your try line, that's where you would make up the most k's. And um, you know, there's times where you get a break, but uh, when you have to work, you have to work. Yeah, the, the can make it hard these days where they want you to defend in the line closer to try line. So you're at A or B defender, and then. On the shift, you've got to cut in behind and trail the ball at, at full pace. So yeah, there's a lot more metres covered than in the old days when fullback just stayed out the back and uh, mm. came off the field but, with his, his jersey still clean. It's a totally <laughs> different game. <laughs> space, so. the, the one big thing I noticed with you, Chance, and I don't know if Kim, obviously you're the coach, Kim, but I, I'm watching it. Yeah, you're more like a, a second lock the way you play fullback, because you are up behind. You take a lot of – there's quite a lot in sets. You'll see you, – you'll take two runs in a set quite often, won't you? Because you seem to stick around. And, and as I say, you like that lock. <laughs> yeah, it's – um, I guess it's something that I'm trying to build on. It's, um, you know, I'm obviously needed uh, catching the balls and, you know, maybe the second carry after the winger takes the ball. But mm. if, if my – I guess if you want to call it my services are needed, um, after after that carry, I'm I'm trying to be a bit more proactive about uh, recognizing the ruck if it speeds up. If you know there's a player that can create something, you know uh, Josh Popley, uh Joe Tapney, those sort of boys, if they're going to create something, I need to be around them, and um, that's something I better emphasis on during the preseason. I, I tell you, talking about blokes who had great seasons, and you obviously did, and talking about locks, tell us a little bit about the old pommy Johnny Bateman. What's he like? Oh man, he's a he's a he's a top bloke, man, on and off the field. He, um, everyone's obviously already aware of what he does on the field. Um, just something that I like about him that I've I thought about it, um, you know, during training during the year last year, and it was he just come with that that 
that winning edge that ha- he has to win mm. mentality. Um, you know, we got a few of those uh, Englishmen in, in our team, and they all have that sort of attitude, and uh, it's been bolstered with with uh, um, I, I guess the addition of George Williams as well. So, um, mm. yeah, an exciting year if it kicks back off again. <laughs> Yeah. Fingers crossed, right? But we've we've um, run out of time. I just wanted to quickly mention then your your heritage, your, your Cook Island, your Maori, and you've also got a bit of uh, Norwegian in you. The Cook Islands and and New Zealand. You've played Test matches for both. Um, they both qualified for the World Cup. Um, any thoughts on you know which way you would go if you if you got selected in both? of those squads, which it would be a great chance of doing. Um, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, you know, I obviously went, went to the Cook Islands in my off-season off and, um, you know, I really enjoyed my time with my family there. My my my, um, my grandmother's my last grandparent alive. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to think about. Um, you know, she's on her last legs and um, I think it'll be something she'll be, you know, she's, she's proud of me uh, either way, so... Um, yeah, that's something you know I've definitely thought about and tossed and turned about um, during during some nights, and um, I guess I've just got to play my best footy and just see what happens. Really, yeah, it's a good position to be in. I get some credit to you. The um, yeah, just briefly, I, I did some work over in Norway last year with um, a rugby league club over there, the Sanders Raiders, and um, they knew. Your cousin, so do you have any any contact with any family over in Norway at all? Yeah, so I've got um, you know, some aunties and that messaging on on Messenger, you know, every now and then. Uh, happy <laughs> birthday and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't met my Norwegian family um as of yet, but uh, with the World Cup being being in England, there's there's a opportunity there after that competition to um, you know, head over to Norway and um, I'll put I'll put a, I'll put a forward in um. Yeah, just just see what happens. Got to save some money and see what we can yeah. do after. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to getting over there. Uh, cheap flights it didn't cost me much to get there. It only takes less than two <laughs> hours, but it's expensive. <laughs> like the the beers are about twenty dollars without <laughs> exaggerating. So uh, take some money with me, but beautiful country. Yeah, um, but that that's about it. It's been great to catch up with you again, and um, you know you're you're a quality young man. With, um, um, we've always stayed in touch and we'll continue to do that. And it's been a, a pleasure watching your journey so far. But I get the feeling that uh, the good part of the journey's only just begun for you, mate. You, you're one year into the big time um, and, and had such a great season. And, uh, uh, you know, bigger and better things to come, mate. We're all sure of that. So uh, look after yourself, mate. We'll touch base again. Thanks for your time. The, the first guest no. on the Captain's Challenge yeah. podcast. That's an honour. Absolutely, it is. Just um, you know, come. I already said it to you, mate. But um, you know, this journey it's it's all been kickstarted because of you, mate. I was, I remember, um, you know, our trial game. You coming down and I didn't play very well, and um, you know, you kept coming out to games. Gave me my letter and said, um, come down to training. So, um, I just want to thank you again. You know, on here I've I've said it to you before, and I can honestly say I don't know where I'll be if you don't pick me up, mate. Awesome, mate. Well deserved. Well deserved. Take, take care and good Cheers, luck, boys. young fella. Yeah. Sweet, Sully. Thanks, mate. Have a good one, eh? Awesome. Cheers, Thanks. mate. You be good. Come stay in touch, mate. See you, boys. I will do. Okay, so that was Chance Nickel Clockstack. 
a, a high quality young man, Sully, and um, handled himself extremely well in that interview. Uh, a couple of interesting points I'd, I'd like to bring up, and probably tapping into my background a little bit there, as you know, a coach's um, coach chance in his younger days, but in, in particular, coach a, a lot of young guys as they're sort of starting out on their journey in professional rugby league. Now, I've come to sort of, I guess, recognise some. Um, common characteristic traits in uh, young players who go on to forge, you know, a, a successful career in the game. And um, they, those qualities are, that are quite common are, you know, they're of good character. So they're good, honest guys who are respectful. They work really hard. Uh, they're also optimistic, so very much a glass half full type of people. Um, they're flexible, uh, as in they're coachable. They're willing to take on new ideas and not be set in their ways and think they know everything. And they're very gracious and humble. So, you know, they they appreciate opportunities given to them. They don't expect that things should happen, and they're owed a favour. Uh, you know, no chip on the shoulder type attitude and. For me, Chance ticks every one of those boxes and I've known that about him since I, I first met him when he was 15 and um, none of those qualities have changed. In fact, he's, he's even strengthened his quality of character and that was very evident throughout that whole interview, you know, even to the point of thanking both of us for the opportunity to talk <laughs> and then you know, thanking me personally for, I, I guess, the opportunity mm. I, I gave him um, very early in his career, but uh, you know, for me, it was a, a no-brainer. I don't take any credit on that. Any any decent rugby league judge could have seen the quality in him, but uh, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, he was indeed, and I think the big thing that we get out of that was he was given an opportunity at the top level. There was never a problem. He played a full year of reserve grade in New Zealand. Um, was given a, the opportunity of, as he said, I think the eighth of February. I think I said Andrew McFadden rings him up and he said. Right, the time's right. I can't promise you anything. Yeah. It's all up to you. And look what he did. He grabbed it. As I say, played 26 games, yeah. scored 11 tries. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I think he just wants to get on the field now, that Canberra side. Yeah. You know, getting beaten in last year's grand final, they just really want to get back on the field. Yeah, yeah. Lose one to win one. And we've seen that happen plenty of times, mate. And, uh, yeah, a big chance if we get back on the batting. The- the thing I did like was the Norwegian descent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it is a, a, a small world. And when you look at Chance, you can see see um, those features in him. Oh, and, uh, very much so. Yeah, and, yeah, it's a small world, you know. I had the opportunity to go over there and just do a little bit of work with a club over there last year, the Sandness Raiders, and they brought it up. They mentioned they, they one of the players knew his cousin, and I'm thinking, well, here we are. You know, right on the other side of the world in Norway, of all places, and and we know people in rugby league. It's unbelievable. I love that about rugby league. Great community. Um, but the, the next bit, we we need to mention some sponsors. We're we're a, a fledgling show in our very first episode, and uh, we've got a couple of sponsors on board that we'll mention. And but we do want to put out there that we're definitely after others. Um, good opportunity here. We, we think we're pretty well connected and we'll, we'll have a fairly large network, hopefully, through this podcast. So it's a good opportunity for people to get on board. And uh, I believe uh, you know someone who is on board. Sally, who might that be? I oh, know, Boise. Poor Boise. He's <laughs> no, a I was great talking, friend of all of us. I was talking more about Sally's painting 
I know they're on board. I know they're on board. And we don't need a lot, Kimbo, but a little all little bit helps. It costs a fortune to do this show. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any help will be appreciated. But um yeah, poor boys and set play performance sportswear, they're on board and uh boys who use a book mate of mine that uh, what he has got is his own sportswear company that you know they can supply sporting gear for teams or individuals in in any sport and i'm thinking you know by the time summer kicks in in australia that uh, every team will be looking for their their sportswear their team wear again and uh boy she has a quick turnover time with his gear and it's really high quality he can do anything you want in terms of your sporting gear we will put his contact details on our Facebook site um, uh, tomorrow or once we post the, the podcast. The other uh, sponsor we have on board is Trauma Rugby League Recruitment. Yeah, Luke Trauma, um, a very good operator and most people in rugby league know he, he has a fantastic net, network of people all around the rugby league world. And he uh, not only does recruitment, he, he supplies um, you know gear, he, he supplies different things for, for everything you need in rugby league, really. To, as I said, the best connected man in rugby league. So we'll, we'll put Luke's details up on our Facebook side as well. And, yeah, just to remind you, we, we'd love other businesses to get involved. I'll, I'll quickly mention our email address, Sally. It is ccpodcast20 at gmail.com. So ccpodcast, the number 20, at gmail.com. Just drop us a line on them. We'll get back to you straight away. And, yeah, we're not looking for much, you know, but it is a good opportunity for your business to get some exposure throughout the rugby league community. I can even remember that. CC Podcast 20 yep. at gmail.com. You're a genius, Sally, despite what oh, they say about you. Very impressive. Don't forget, though, Kimbo. Don't forget. Don't be silly. Call Sally. That, that's it, mate. All your painting needs in WA. Sully's painting. <laughs> They're the ones. I have brush wheel travel, mate. I'll come anywhere. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm not allowed out. We're not allowed no, out of the state no, at the moment. <laughs> no, borders are locked anywhere in WA. Uh, Sully's your man. All right, we'll move <laughs> on to our, our second interview, and we've um, promoted this as the GOAT. And we, it's, uh, you know, everyone's got their opinion on who the greatest player in the game has been, and there's a, a few of the modern day players that are putting themselves in the picture there. But there's a past player that uh, his case for for being called the goat gained momentum after he finished, and probably well after he finished, <laughs> uh, via Facebook memes, via Twitter, via social media, and he became a bit of a cult figure which um, sort of culminated in, in a statue of him being erected there at the front of Suncorp Stadium. And, you know, it's not Wally Lewis, but uh, some people would say he matches Wally in, in terms of his uh, profile these days. But um, Sportsbet actually promoted and got that um, statue constructed. And there, there was a push for him to become the ninth immortal, but he ended up being called the people's immortal instead. We're referring to, of course, Scotty Minto, the uh, Rockhampton boy who, who forged a fantastic career, 53 games at the Broncos and Cowboys, and uh, must have been 53 fantastic games that been mentioned <laughs> as a possible goat within the game. But uh, maybe it was a, a lot of fun to interview. I know Scotty personally from my 
my three years up with the Capras and uh, he's just a knockabout guy, mate. He takes everything the right way and doesn't mind, you know, taking the piss out of himself and that, that became <laughs> throughout the uh, interview. So we'll we'll go to the interview now, mate, and we'll, we'll get back into it afterwards. Here's Scotty Minter. Okay, Scotty Minto, great to have you on board, mate. The um, you've Thanks, been called mate. called um, several names throughout your career and gained a bit of a cult <laughs> status uh, after your career, but we'll leave the good bits <laughs> to the end, and uh, we might just yep. work through your, your your career and growing up in Rockhampton, and then um, yeah, talk about your time at the Broncos and Cowboys before getting into your your post football career, mate. But uh, give us a, a, good. a brief. Background, uh, Central Queensland, Rockhampton, why, mate? What school did you attend there? Mate, yeah, look, I um, I grew up in Central Queensland, Rockhampton mainly, and um, I, I attended Glenmore School there, and then I, I went down to Yapoon and uh, attended Yapoon High afterwards before I took off and did my thing later on, yeah. You got picked up um, by the Broncos, is that correct? Straight Was that straight out of school? Yeah, look, it wasn't straight out of school. It took me a while to get going, actually. Um, I played a bit of footy around here for Yapoon in the A-grade competition. Then the Capras picked me up, the, cl- the, the club that you coached. And uh, afterwards, um, yeah, obviously got noticed playing in the Queensland Cup, which was a good thing from my own hometown. So there's yeah. a good lesson there for some of the boys that, yeah, you can stay at your own, own hometown and, yeah. and take, it, but take off from there. That, that's probably happening more now um, with, with yeah. the, you know, since the 20s, got disbanded from national level and went back to the state level. And, uh, you know, that was one of the big things about the, the problems, mental health problems in particular with young 18, 19, 20-year-olds. So it's, yeah. it's almost come full circle there since, um, you know, your days coming through the, the pathway. And it's yeah. now more common, I, I guess, that guys are, are getting picked up at 23, 24 again, uh, like you yeah. say, that, good opportunity to stay at home and have that family support network around you and uh, a yes, lot of players definitely. don't don't mature until they're, they're early to mid 20s i think i think that was the case in my in my situation you know like i was obviously handy enough football player but it didn't it took me till about 21 22 until i realized obviously one in my head that i wanted to do it and yeah. two that my body was physically capable so at that time, I sort of kicked on a bit better than what I was doing, and all of a sudden, I was in 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 the you know the, the sights of some of those people that select for the teams down south. So yep. it was just one of those things. I really enjoyed me footy playing for the Cappers when it was when it was then. I was coached by some pretty good coaches at the time, like Rod Ruddy was one of them, and yep. yeah. And then I went went on from there, mate. So it was really enjoyable to, to do it from my own backyard, as you said. And it's yeah. one of those things that I always remember as being some of my best footy, what I enjoyed the most. So it's one of those things I look back at fondly. Was uh, was it the great Cyril Connell who spoke to you? No, actually, it wasn't, mate. Um, I, I, I played a trial game in the, in the preseason for against Canberra Raiders one week, and then the next week we had the luck, luxury of playing against the full strength Parramatta side. So I actually played in the full strength Parramatta side. They actually called me in. Yeah. And I had a good game, and I was going to get signed up, and then I got a call from Wayne Bennett like a couple of days before I signed. So it was just one of those things—a timing thing. Yeah, um, yeah, and I was happy to take the offer up from Brisbane because it was closer to here, and yeah. I was one of those blokes that probably didn't want to go to Sydney and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. all good. Very interesting. Well. 
But that's yeah. uh, and people at some points in your career have um, pointed out you may have been Wayne Bennett's son. <laughs> yeah. There's been a few few of those curly ones tossed up. But um, I think I've lost more hair than him now, so yeah. it's sort of starting to dissipate. But, um, no, yeah, I caught a few when I was playing. It was pretty funny, actually. I think one of the, one of the times there, Matty Johns had his segment and, and they freeze the frame of me and Wayne sitting next to each other yes. in a press conference, yeah. and it was a dead ringer. So that was it for me. I was stuck, was stuck yeah. like mud, you know what I mean, for a while. But a bit of fun, mate. I'm always up for a good laugh, and it was good, yeah. Yeah. The, the um, Broncos, you ended up playing 39 games there between 2002 and 06. What, yeah. what was the highlight uh, during your time there? Oh, mate, obviously, you know, the booing was one of the best things there. I, I enjoyed I, I remember Craig Bellamy was my coach that night. It's the first time yeah. Wayne didn't coach a team. And I actually got called up um, under, I said, what's the circumstances? I was late. I was a late call up. I was 18th man for that game, Baby Broncos, yeah. 2002. Oh, yes. Um, I, I, on, the, on the Friday training run, I broke Tady's thumb and he was playing in the, in the game. I actually accidentally, I don't think I did it on purpose, but I broke Tady's summer in an accident and I got the call up, mate, and the rest is history. I played that game and yep. I think I um, got man of the match in the game and it just sort of turned around from there and that's where it went, where it took off. And I'd never played on the wing before, to be honest. I was yep. the centre of my You're whole career. So. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so was, I ended up on the wing. Was that at Lang Park or, or Suncorp? No, that was... Campbelltown, that was a baptism of fire as well. I remember kids throwing lollipops at me when I was lining up after I scored a try, sitting in the corner and there's lollipops coming at my head and I'm going, wow. But, um, yeah, so that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. But, mate, the best the best time, obviously, just sitting in the sheds afterwards, a bunch of young blokes. I think we had nine deputants, um, yep. a deputant coach. You know, all those things added up to just one of the most special moments in my footy career. And then obviously, yeah. you know, everyone would have said they're probably the same for their own debuts unless they had a shocker. But, yeah, it's one of those things, mate, you'll always remember. Yeah, brilliant. Did your family go down for that at all? No, mate, no. So because of the late call-up, we sort of – I got on the kite the next day, so we're straight yeah. on the plane and down <laughs> we go. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. We, we actually um, got down there and we're driving in and, and you know, how there's a place called Minto nearby. Yes. I think there's one near Campbelltown and I'm sitting there just scratching my head going, what's going on here? There's a town named after uh, uh, nah. But it was pretty funny. It was, it was driving in and then just getting the whole experience, soaking it up, you know, and then all obviously running out in front of a big crowd against a, a full-strength Tiger side. So it was pretty, pretty yeah. special, mate. Awesome. Yeah. You um, then went to the Cowboys in what became your final year in 2007, yeah. had 14-odd games from there and then yep. um was it a, a neck injury that ended up finishing yeah it was mate so in 2004 you know you speak about the time at the broncos and and, and the amount of footy i got I, I probably had half the amount of footy i should have i got injured quite a bit but um i actually got a fusion in my spine so up here where gordy tallison that got it yeah so um, c56 fusion they call it and um that sort of pulled me up a bit but yeah that got me at the end of the career so I was up at the Cowboys. I got that done in 04 at the Bronx and lasted yeah. three years. And then when I was playing at the Cowboys, I remember we were playing a game up at Dairy Farmers against the Warriors and I was playing in the centres and um, Luwaki, Aplami Luwaki or someone, his name was, he was a big rig. He ran down the short side and I remember hitting him. And then, yeah, I couldn't put my head into a tackle after that. And, yeah, I, I tried to tried to push it out the next few weeks, but it just put, it pulled me up in the end. It just got me, yeah. Yeah, pretty tough. How, how old were you then? I was 29 anyway, so 
yep. was getting on anyway. See, like like I said before, I didn't get I didn't go through till I was about twenty three, down to the Bronx. So yeah, I got a good six years of professional footy out, but in that time, like you see, I only played fifty something games because injuries and whatever pulled me up a fair bit. So yeah, but yeah. look back at it all really fondly, mate. Obviously, it's oh, in definitely. the blood, mate. Yes, no, it is. Yes, <laughs> we'll talk about the the Minko family and the the strong connection, especially yeah. up uh, up Rockhampton, New Puma in a, in a minute. But uh, yeah. after you finish, you then ended up back at the at the Comets as CEO yeah. and had about three years as CEO. Is that correct? Yeah, mate. Yeah, look in that time there, that was pretty pretty interesting as well. Obviously, the go to transition from playing to um, administration was a bit of a, an eye opener as well. It was pretty. Pretty interesting, but um, I got a lot of help from the then board. Um, I think that changed over towards the end of my tenure there. But the initial board with um, Darren Wilson as the chairman, and that we, we did pretty well. We got a lot of sponsorship dollars in for the club and, and then from there brought players back from the UK. A few come back from Celtic uh, Crusaders, I think they were called yes. at the time. Yep. Aaron Summers, Ian Webster and the like. So we got some, you know, Jade Williams come up from St. Uh, St. Mary's team. I think we had a really cracking side that year with the local boys we had. Yep. And then we ended up getting to the preliminary final and got knocked out by Pride to make the grand final yep. in the second year there. So it yep. was good. It was a special time. It was good to get that, see what that side of the fence looks like as well. Mm. Um, and then obviously, yeah, that lasted for a bit. And then I went on to mortgage broking after that. Yeah. So that was 09 you're talking about where they, they had a really good year. And, yeah, um, 2009. Yeah, that's uh, the last time they made the semis. Um, I was yeah. reminded of that. Several times in my three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, I'll tell you what, it's a job and a half trying to get aside from here without an affiliation, a strong, a f- strong affiliation. You would have felt that as the coach. Yeah. Um, all props yeah. to you, mate. You did a good job when you were here. And just seeing some of the coaches come through in the past, it's really difficult. And you saw it with Sunshine Coast when Adam Mogg coached yeah. there. I think I yeah. think Ivan Henjack coached there and they won one or two games in the year because. If you don't have an affiliation, you just won't compete. You just don't get those players yeah. coming back and forward. You were sore at the cutters, mate. When yeah. you had your players coming back, it's a bit of a different kettle of fish, isn't it, mate? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even look at that grand final win at the, the cutters and you know, yeah. the big, big moments in that game, uh, the the yeah. NRL players we had back from the, the Cowboys, yeah. or the majority of them, to be fair to... The, um, your nephew Matty, he, he yeah. certainly had a few big moments in that game. But yeah, Jason Tomalolo, um, Michael Morgan, Morgan. Anthony yeah. Mitchell, um, yeah, yeah, they, they were the three that just they make the difference in those really big moments. And uh, yeah, that's right. yeah, it's definitely a tough gig there at the Capras at the moment. Back in those days, uh, you were affiliated yeah. with the Broncos, is that? Right. Yeah, there's an point. affiliation. See, that's the last time we really saw the affiliation working because we'd get like the Dave Taylors and the PJ Marshes back. Yeah. So not only you've got a good squad that you've – we had a fairly handy squad of local players as well at the time yeah. that were all pushing for Queensland country honours and whatnot. So yeah. not only did we have that, we recruited a few good players. We got the PJs and the, and um, I think Tommy Hewitt was dropping back from the Broncos and, yeah. and um, as I said, Dave Taylor. So – we were getting them, you know, every second week. So, yeah. again, it same helps. thing. Big yeah. moments. I remember we played Sunny Coast one day. We were down, I think we were down there. We were, we were down 30, 30 points to 12. And there was about 30 minutes to go. And Dave Taylor single-handedly won the game. He just yeah. Yeah. opened them up, you know, on four or five occasions, set tries up, scored them. Yeah. So, yeah. that's what we're talking that's, about. Yeah. The um, 
But uh, yeah, you're now a, a pretty successful businessman yourself. Um, although times are probably pretty tough at the moment. Yeah. They are <laughs> everywhere. But uh, in yeah. between that, you've you've ended up back at the Yapoon Seagulls a, a couple of years ago and ended up coaching back there. Yeah. Um, how'd you enjoy that? Is there a passion for coaching? There is a definite passion for coaching. I think, you know, the Seagulls thing was a good, it was a good warm-up, I suppose. You know, it got me going, got me to understand. I grew every year. I, I learnt stuff along the way, but I realised like how much, how limited my knowledge was through coaching those few years there. Yeah. But last last year was probably the, the year that really solidified my passion for it. It was um, I was coaching with Terry Hanson, with the Brendan's first up here, St. Brendan's. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we nearly won the Aaron Payne Cup final. We had a really successful year, made the semis of the, of the um, GIO Cup and whatnot. But um, on the back of that, I think it was just having all the players in the first year was like coaching at a Q Cup level. It's You had your 30 players at every session wanting to learn, you know, really keen to, to, to improve their footy. So yeah. that was really good. And I think those grade 12 boys really inspired me, I think, a bit more. So, yeah, it's one of those things, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's definitely more enjoyable when you've got that group of uh, consistent, committed yes. players who are there at every session. And then I know, you know, local leagues anywhere around the country or anywhere I've been, you, you don't get that. You know, guys are, are working. No. They've got other things on their mind. They're, they're just playing footy for a bit of fun. So that's pretty uh, much it. Yeah, they've, they've found their level, but certainly yeah, yep. as a as a coach, it's much more enjoyable when you've got those guys. Because part of it yeah. then is you see the rewards of it because they improve. And that's um, it, mate. Yeah, I, I enjoy coaching that young age group to the 18. Yeah, I've got them here at Huddersfield and really enjoying. Yep getting back to that level because it's extremely rewarding and, yeah, it fires your, your passion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. Um, there is another uh, coaching credit to your name. Did you coach the Legends of League Broncos team? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it coaching. So we lobbed down there. Yeah. This year, um, they put me down as coach for some reason. I'm not sure why they did that, but um, they had all these star-studded coaches, and I think I think um, Pricey was the, the Parramatta coach, and I've ended up being lobbed in as the Bronx coach. We got we got down to Parramatta and got to the dressing rooms, and Andrew yep. Simons relinquished me of me coaching. <laughs> you know, the, the cricket player within about five oh, minutes. Yes. Okay. He said, I'll, I'll pull the handy. I think he got a bit frightened when he walked past Willie Mason in, yeah. the, in the hallway. So <laughs> he's twins the hammy going to pull his pants on. Yeah. So I, he said, Mino, you're out, I'm in. And I said, all oh, right, mate, that's good for me. So, <laughs> what, what was that experience? Like he did that for a couple of years at the Legends yeah. of League. I remember when you were... In training, in inverted commas, yeah. there for the uh, must have been the, commas, all right. <laughs> the 2018 one. I, I think yeah. it was. Is that the first one you went to? Yeah, that was the first one we went to. Yeah, so um, on actually 17, 17, 18, 19, yeah. we've done it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, mate, look, obviously it's growing every year, a bit, a bit more interest every year. Um, yeah. But I think the more the more it's gone on, the more the players have all gotten on board. You get you got more quality of players coming in and. Uh, Yep. Yeah, this year just gone just now has been it was really fun. I drove actually drove down with PJ Marsh. Yeah. We drove from Nipoon <laughs> yeah. to Newcastle, funny <laughs> hours, and yeah. then back with our kids 
and it was yeah. actually quite fun. We, we 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 had a fair bit of fun on the way. So yeah, but yeah, this year was really good, mate. We um went down. We nearly we made the semis with the Bronx, and that we played pretty good. And but nice. then the eventual winners were um they're all raving about it because Hindy won a premiership. Hindy's <laughs> <laughs> team had a win. And it was pretty funny afterwards because everyone was like giving him three cheers. Yeah, and that. It was pretty yeah. funny, yeah. <laughs> like great stuff. The um, that probably leads us on to the the next part of the the interview because uh, as coach of that Brisbane team, you you know there were quite a few legends in that team. But uh, yep, if we're to believe the Facebook memes and uh, your um cult following, uh, you are the goat. Mate, you are the greatest of all these guys. You've been named the goat. You've been named the people's immortal. Uh, <laughs> you, you had a, a statue constructed by uh, Sportsnet, but still, you had a statue oh, yeah. uh, constructed at that Lang Park or Suncourt Stadium. <laughs> so, yeah. um, mate, for someone in 53 games, I must have been 53 <laughs> absolutely outstanding games to oh, really get game. that title. How, how does that all come about? Did you start this off or how nah, did it no. I'll give you a sort of a brief rundown. So a few years ago, it might have been when I was sitting having a coffee with you at Coffee Club laughing about a few of the memes that have come <laughs> up on Facebook. Yep. Yeah, they, they just started to take off. I think, you know, back probably 2017, the, the occasional meme would pop up and, and I'd be in it and whatnot. So I'd get on board and I'd start to comment. And yeah. it just sort of go from there. The next one would pop up because I'm commenting. People are like liaising with me directly and yeah, they're yes. thinking it's pretty cool. So then they make another meme and then a meme after that. And then all of a sudden, you're getting heaps of people get making these memes. I've got a heap of memes on Facebook. And then <laughs> so what what happened with Sportsbet was they, they put out like a survey. They said, oh, of all about one and a half million members, um, we'd like to put it out there to see who you'd like to have as the people's immortal. It's their choice, and um, because the memes went nuts at the time, <laughs> they started to uh, groundswell again, and everyone said, you know, into the making the goat and all this stuff. But it just sort of yeah went from there, mate. And all of a sudden, I've got a phone call from Sportsbet to say that I got the most votes, and they were going to make a statue and all this stuff, yeah. which was pretty funny. So yeah. I said, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so it was yeah. good fun. The yeah. um, the photos of you with the statue sort of. Sum it up, mate, and sum you up to an extent where you know, you've got a great sense of humour. You're willing to take the piss out of yourself and uh, yeah. standing next to the, the statue for the official That's photo nice. in your thongs, <laughs> your <laughs> T-shirt and jaws, very casual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no doubt you would have went to the Caxton for a few beers afterwards. Well, yeah, mate, we went. Actually, we had, a, we had a bit of lunch after we'd done it. We were, I think it's Handsome Hammy. He's the man that, that sort of you see on all the – all the Facebook posts now, he's got the beard and whatnot. We had a good uh, yes. time afterwards and during, yep. the, during the filming of it. So, yeah, look, they're a good crew. And obviously, they get to have a bit of fun as well when they cruise yep. around and do all these things. I think the next day, they got together with Chris Walker and Willie Mason and all them. They shot a shot one down in, in a Boeing 747, I think. Yeah. Um, another, another type. Yeah, so they, they get to cruise around and have a bit of fun. But for me, yep. for that, yeah, it was just one of those things, mate. I was I was more than happy to get on board and just yeah, and, and yeah. be part of it and have a laugh. And yeah. you know, the funny thing about it was afterwards, the amount of people who thought it was was dead set serious was was pretty funny. 
and yeah. everyone thought I was actually named as the immortal. So it was pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, that's one of the things we'll look back at and have a good laugh. Yeah, so, I agree. It's not common. not many people can claim to that. So. No, <laughs> that's good stuff. Is good. the um, is the statue in the the Caxton? It's still in the Caxton, mate. To yeah. this day, I'll I'll get I'll probably get a text message every couple of weeks someone standing <laughs> one of their mates or someone i know standing next to it while yeah. we're at the cat go <laughs> nice. so yeah it's near the it's near the front entryway still so i actually i actually rang up and said when when you're done with it just let me know yeah i'll uh, take it off your hands but um, definitely he's not letting go of it the big fellow uh, <laughs> right. steve who owns yeah. the cat he said yeah. uh, at the moment so yeah see what happens yeah do you get free yeah. beers in there is that part of the deal <laughs> Everything's free, mate, when you walk yeah. in there, yeah. Nah. When you're the goat, mate, it's all yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to have some type of yeah. incentive, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a couple of great ones. One of the best ones was a photo of you and Darren Lockyer embracing it after a try or a game. And the, the meme yeah. says, this is a photo of one of the greatest players ever for Brisbane Broncos and the other guy is Darren Lockyer. <laughs> Again, <laughs> that's one of those. That's one of those occasions when I would just comment back and say, "Top shelf," you know, like yes. that, that's pretty good. And yeah. I just get on the back of it and have a good laugh. I oh, yeah. appreciate. It. I mean, someone's taking the time to do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's good, mate. But the um, yeah, probably the last thing that the, the Minto name around you know Central Queensland is very um, closely connected to rugby league. There's a, a fair history yep. there, of course, you, yourself playing for um, the Comets and to go on and yep. play NRL. But uh, your your nephew, Matt, uh, won a premiership with me at Mackay, but uh, the year after yep. that he, he signed with Newcastle and with Wayne again, with Wayne Bennett. And yeah. Went yep. down and debuted that year as, as fullback, which – May have been a bit of a surprise to himself and others being a, yeah. a halfback uh, his whole career. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, Wayne certainly got the best of him or the best out of him to, to kick on yeah. to the NRL. And, uh, yeah. you know, he ended up coming back after a couple of years and playing for the Capras again. And, um, yeah. but the, the St. Brendan's link in particular is a, a very strong one there, um, with your brother. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It, can you tell us a little bit more about that and the, the yeah. incredible success that school has had in producing just a pretty well an endless stream of NRL players? Yeah, look, St. Brendan's obviously throughout Queensland's. It's been really renowned over the past 10, 15 years, especially with producing NRL players like Matt Scott, Paul Bowman, Julian O'Neill, Ben Hunt. You know, the list goes on, Corey Oates, you can just, Kurt, man, you can just go on for a long time. I think that just comes on the back of, obviously, the success of the past as well. Um, you know, 20-odd years ago, they started to really find their, their groove with the Confraternity Shield. Um, it can never be underestimated how how much, um, I suppose, pull it has, that that, that Shield has. Um, they I think they get 200-odd teams, I'm pretty sure, and it's a pretty big... Um, you know, it's a pretty big carnival. So from there, obviously, you know, you get a lot of people coming in from out west as well because given the fact that there's not many um, boarding schools around this area. So, and yeah. then obviously on the back of the coaching, you know, that there's some good coaches in this school as well, especially recently there's been a fair few, you know, ones come back and, and, get, and put their hand up. So, yeah, my brothers, obviously, as you said, were involved with the school for 10 years yeah. um, and they were lucky enough to help Hanso out. Terry Hanson's been coaching 
I think for 15 years at the first hit. So yeah. a bit of consistency there. Obviously, people yeah. know who's going to be the man at the, at, the, at the helm and then you get those other people supporting. And then obviously the fact that the school's really successful on the educational side as well. So, you know, it all comes together for a really good experience for anyone who wants to come in and, and um, do their schooling and also play their footy here as well. So you, you get the best of both worlds and you see that quite often the kids come through and, and they want to come to the school, obviously the better their rugby league and also have a good opportunity with their schooling. So, yeah, yeah. like you, you look at the guys who've gone through, Benny Hunt and the likes, you know, yeah. and um, they've done a great job. So, Yeah, I, I was blown away by the the – uh, the level of support and and the um, the prestige that is involved with schoolboys rugby league in in Rockhampton and yeah. in the broader region of Central Queensland and and even the whole of um, Queensland. It's uh, such an emphasis on the, the schoolboys game, probably even more so than the, the club system at junior level, where yeah. New South yeah. Wales it tends to be the the other way around, where the, the club systems are dominant system yep. but um yeah there's a, a lot of pride at, at stake in the um yeah they, they tended to get bigger crowds at Brown Park for the the local schoolboys finals and you know we yep. did for for the Interest Super Cup games that the following is just phenomenal there and uh yeah the, you know I, I believe that's part of why um it produces good players because they get to play high quality opposition nearly every yep. week through the schoolboy system and uh yeah that, that's the way you learn and develop as a player you know yeah having a good game every week develops you a lot quicker than you know 12 months of training if you're not getting the play quality that's opposition right. so um yeah yeah that the Aaron Payne Cup especially that yes. the Aaron Payne Cups yeah. is, is it's a good competition you know you get all the best sides from the state playing each other in a in an eight Eight, eight team series and then you yep. obviously the winners then cross over with the Southern Comp for the GIA Cup semi. So yeah, it's something for all the play, all the players to I suppose it's a goal for them to make those yes. finals. So yeah. 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 So doing that like playing at Dairy Farmers, playing, you know, at Langlands Park and all those against those big sides yep. is what, what they all strive for. So it's really successful in that in its own right. Yeah. Yeah. Um just about wrap it up there, mate. I'd probably just to close, I would say, what, what's the future hold for the goat? What have you got? What <laughs> you got in mind, mate? Mate, look, we'll 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 at the moment we're doing a bit bit of stuff up at St Brendan's, so um, we're, we're running one of the dorms there. We're heads of residence in one of the dorms, so it's really yep. really exciting. Um, doing a bit of coaching, as you said here, and the family's enjoying themselves. So. Uh, still got our businesses going, the Elders Real Estate in Yapoon and also Minto Home Loans or yep. Minto Home Loans and Finance. So they're, they're still pumping along. Um, got my nephew working for me now, Jamie. Who you, oh, um, nice, yeah. Know of. yeah. Oh, great. So he's, yeah. Um, he's been in finance a few years. So, no, look, yeah. all those things are coming together really well and we're just going to sit tight and hopefully, you know, just this thing passes through pretty quick with the virus and, and everyone can yeah. get back to normality as quick as possible, mate. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, yeah. Definitely strange times. We've never sort of come across this in our lifetime, but uh, no. yeah, mate, everyone will get through and, uh, you know, may in the end make the, the game stronger. We may come out of this and, um, you know, learn a few lessons as we may in general life, but uh, whatever happens, yeah. I know rugby league in Central Queensland will remain extremely strong. It really is, yeah. uh, you know, one of, one of the best breeding grounds for, for players um, and history has proven yeah. that and, you know, who yeah. knows, maybe one day the game will 
at NRL level will expand there. And uh, I know that's been yeah. talked about and said a few supporters of that over the years. But uh, I'd love yeah. to see that happen. I'm sure it'd be very well supported. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, people wouldn't have to leave home to go and find their, their NRL club if there was one yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, that'd be brilliant. But, um, mate, I appreciate your time. So I know it's a Thanks, Sunday morning there. And um, nah, great, to, good. great to talk to you. And uh, we'll you stay too, in mate. touch, mate. But, Really appreciate yeah, it. Sounds good. Cheers, okay. Kimbo. Talk soon, buddy. Thanks, mate. All right. Yeah, some fun with Scotty Sully. You, you haven't met him personally, I don't <laughs> believe, but uh, yeah, he's a, he's a real character, mate. It was a very good interview with him. I enjoyed talking to him again. And uh, as I said, the type of guy who's just willing to take the piss and take it all the right way and you know, not get offended by anything. But uh, it's just a, a local American up there, and they're the types of characters, as I said earlier, we really want to get to know on this show and want to hear more about. And, and and he was very, very good. But the interesting story was he didn't get it straight out of school as well. He still had to work hard for it, didn't he? And another mm-hmm. testament to a bloke that worked hard to yep. play, as you say, 50-odd first-grade games in the NRL. Yeah, no, and that's, that's a good point. You know, Chance is um, now, I think, 24, 23, 24, and so it took him a while to – to crack into the big time and uh, as Scotty said he, he was 23 or 24 when he left home and um, it, I thought it was very uh, intelligent of him to to mention that it's not just your your physical maturity it's the mental maturity that's a really important thing uh, yeah and that, that's probably defines when you're ready to compete at the highest level it's, you know you can be the, the muscle-bound guy at 18 or 19, but if your mind isn't ready to compete, then, you know, you're going to struggle. And vice versa, you know, you might be mentally ready, but if you haven't put in the hard work in the gym, then you're not going to cope with that top level as well. So for some people, that comes later than others. We we see the old guy debuting at 18 or 19, but these days the, the norm is becoming more so the 23, 24-year age group. Yeah, and as you say, going through, I must admit, I watched the grand final on the weekend, the 1989 one, the great one. Everyone talks yeah. about Balmain and Canberra. And yep. my Bradley Clyde was 19, Ken. Yeah, and the guy. Yeah. Oh, 19 years old and was just a beast. Yeah. You know, and obviously, you know, we, that was the start of a wonderful career for him. But you, you talk about that and, and you talk about, it's funny, you're talking about players of different levels. Sometimes that 1%, 2% is mental. Yep. which gets them through. The physicality is all very similar in players. Yep. And it's that 1% or 2% because they're yep. a little bit smarter that gets them through to play the top level. Yeah, no doubt at all. All right, but the, we're coming towards the end of our, our first show. Um, we'd just like to each week put out a, a challenge or you know get some interest from our, our listeners. And we're going to have this segment called the, the Captain's Challenge. So it's the Captain's yep. Challenge within the Captain's Challenge podcast and we'll officially blow the whistle to announce this week's challenge in a second. But uh, we will um, just repeat our email address for people so they, they can send uh, their answers to uh, directly to our email. So ccpodcast20 at gmail.com. So this week's challenge, we want to talk about nicknames. So here we go. Officially the captain's challenge. We Oof. want people to, to come up with their best nicknames from their playing careers, from someone they knew. It might have been their own nickname. But we want 
specifically want to hear the story behind it and how that nickname was gained. So, uh, yeah, but what's an example, Charlie? Geez, you scared me with that whistle. I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> Every time I used to hear the whistle, I thought I was in trouble. Well, dear oh me. Oh, the best one, Kimbo, the best one. Everyone's played with a fig jam, haven't they? <laughs> yes. Everyone's played with a fig jam. Yeah, and whether he, was, whether, he yeah. was, whether he was nicknamed that, the worst ones are the ones who called themselves that. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, that, that's one of my favourites. <laughs> I think the, the great thing about nicknames as well is you, you can play footy with blokes for years and only know them by their nickname. And uh, but that's definitely the case. And not, I played with uh, you know a lot of guys and obviously you just knew them by their nicknames. But once Facebook came around, that's when it became an issue because it's only a few months ago I got a friend request from from a guy. I, I'd let the request sit there for a few months because I couldn't work out who this guy was. His name was Ronald. And I'm sure I've <laughs> never known a Ronald in my whole life. Who Who is Ronald? So it's one day I decided to have a look on his profile and once I saw a photo, I realised, oh, it was Buzzard. Oh, Buzzard. That's all I'd known him as. Played footy with him 25, 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, I just never knew his name. I doubt that many people did. <laughs> That's one of the great things I think they were about our game. You can go through your whole life whole playing life, only knowing someone by his nickname. So, yeah, we, we want to get your ideas there. Um, you know, we're willing to talk about anything. Um, you know, we, we're, we're able to swear a little bit on this podcast, if that's what the nickname involves. So, um, yeah, just do your best. Get those through to us on ctpodcast20 at gmail.com. All right, mate, the other thing is we, we want to get some oh. things happening on this show weekly. And uh, sorry, you, you got something there? No, I'm just saying, don't forget our little special yeah. before yeah. we leave. Yes. Before we leave, ladies and gentlemen, this is worth listening to every week. But you know, you do you do your little bit of homework first. Yep, so yeah. I'm right to go. And then, yep. yeah, yep. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, so we um yeah we're going to call the the final segment of the show um, Kimbo's bedtime story. So yeah. it's just going to be a joke each week. And, um, <laughs> oh, I, I can hear it. some people that have. I can yes. hear some people that you've coached or played with just going, "No." Yes, definitely. I do have a reputation of telling very bad jokes, so I'd like to enhance that reputation now and make it official. So, um, so I've made this one relevant to the to the current situation with the coronavirus, mate. It's all all very topical. So, um, um, yeah, there were two two brothers. Kevin and James, I'm going to call them. Kevin was the older brother, James. <laughs> James, the younger one. They're, they're locked down in isolation in their house with, with just their mum. And you know, three weeks into self-isolation, they're, they're both going a bit mad. And the older brother, Kevin, says, hey, hey James, uh, how about we play a game, mate? Let's break this board. And uh, how about we play a game? And young James goes, oh, yeah, well, all right, what are, we, what are we playing? Kevin goes, let's play shots. James goes, shops. Like, what do you mean? What, what do I do? Kevin says, well, it's really easy. We'll just pretend we're in a fish and chip shop. I'm the owner. I'm behind the, the counter, you know, cooking away. And you can be a man. What I need you to do is just line up as though you're standing behind people, make your way to the counter and order something. Young James goes, oh, well, that's easy enough. So sort of stands towards the back of the room and pretends he's got a metre and a half between him and other people in the line and practising his um, 
his isolation there and he eventually makes his way up to the counter and old uh, Kevin turns around and says, what would you like, mate? And James goes, oh, mate, I'll have a bag of chips and a piece of fish. And Kevin goes, well, listen here, mate. I saw you push in. You know, there's other people in the shop. I saw you push in. You do that again, I'm going to whack you. you know, get to the back of the line. James, it's a prize for the Okay, and walks right out, you know, the back of the room, slowly makes his way up up to the counter, eventually gets there, starts to order again, says, oh, I'm making all the bag of chips and a, and a piece of fish things. Kevin turns around and says, listen, mate, I told you, stop pushing in front of the line. There's a lot of people in the shop. You push in again, I'm going to whack at him. Get down the back of the line. Uh, poor young James, he said, oh, gee. This time he walks right out the room and down the hallway, you know, eventually makes his way into the shop, eventually gets up to the counter and he's just about to order. He says, I'll have a bag of chips, thanks. And Kevin turns around and whacks him and knocks him out. Well, the mother hears this from the kitchen and runs in, doesn't know what all the commotion is, looks down, here's young James out cold on the ground. So she kneels over him, slaps him around the face a couple of times and he, he comes to he goes, what happened, what happened? And James is looking up, he doesn't really know. And she goes, oh, someone hit you, did Kevin hit you? And he goes, well, I don't know, Mum. too many people in the shop. <laughs> oh, I can hear, I can't wait, no. I can't wait. They can only get better, C- Sully. They can only get C- better. CC podcast, <laughs> CC podcast 20 at Gmail. <laughs> yeah, send all your complaints there. <laughs> and uh, we'll leave you on that note, note. So, Sally, great to talk again, mate. I can't wait till next week already. Um, we encourage people to to have a look at our Facebook site, the Seeds, no, the Captain's Challenge podcast, and send us emails or, or just send us messages via the Facebook. But our email again, ccpodcast20 at gmail.com. Get those nicknames into us. And all the best over there in the West, Sally, for another week. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Yeah, you stay safe in northern England. I will do. Avoid the virus. Okay. See you, mate.